Jesus, what a, a joy it is to worship you here. Thank you that you are not a God who's past and dead, but you are alive and you are present. And we can sense your presence here now as we worship your name. You are high and lifted up and almighty, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done and that your desire is to speak to us now. So, Lord, open up our ears and our hearts and our minds that we might not only hear words, but we would sense you and feel your presence and your, your love as you flow in this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats. Isn't it awesome just to be able to, to worship our Lord and uh, to know his presence with us? Well, happy uh, New Year, everybody. It's, can you believe it's almost a month through our new year? <laughs> Time seems to fly by. And I was reflecting the other day on Christmas. Joe and I seem to say to ourselves every year that Christmas is going to be different next year. <laughs> We're not going to have a Christmas like this. We're going to actually dwell on the meaning of it. We're going to we're going to reflect. We're going to have time as family. Uh, but it seems the busyness and the the chaos of the season seems to uh, always overtake us. And I was thinking about what the incarnation means. And the angels declared to the shepherds on that beautiful night that peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind, not peace of absence of war, but a peace of the heart, uh, a peace that uh, is a contentment and a, and a joy and a, a settledness within us. So, so no matter what happens around us, whatever uh, pressures or, or things that go on, whether it be the Christmas season or, or whatever it is, those things don't seem to, to have an effect on us because the peace of God reigns in our hearts. That's what the, the angels are declaring. And um, I was reflecting on this and thinking about my last couple of months and the understanding that perhaps that peace has <laughs> exited a bit. In fact, I've been a, in a bit of a funk, you might say, a um, bit strung out. And uh, my wife, in her wisdom one day, I was obviously in a very good mood to be around because she said, is there any surf today? Um, I checked the surf report. Yeah, there's a knee-high wave. Why don't you just go? You just go. We'll, we'll be better off here without you. Um, so obviously that's a great indication of the, you know, my state of mind at the time. Um, and I went surfing. I haven't done it for a long time. It's something I really, really enjoy doing. And I paddled out the back, duck-dived under a wave. I sat there in the sun uh, looking out to the horizon and I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I heard the voice of Jesus reply to me. Do you know what he said? Hi, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. You see, what's at the heart of our faith and of Christianity is our relationship with Jesus. And I know that that's a very simple concept and a very basic understanding Sometimes we lose the simplicity and the basicness of what our faith is about. And I had allowed the things of life to take centre stage. 
And the thing that should give me strength and peace and joy, my relationship with God, would be pushed to the periphery. And so I want to just share this morning about knowing Christ, about knowing our God, and that it be really central to our 2018. May it be a blessing to you, may it be an encouragement, may it be something that the Lord uses to shape uh, your year ahead. Um, um, So, I want to just start by looking at a, a passage um, of scripture. That one. No. Dave's going to do it for me, maybe. Oh, it's green. Thanks, Dave. Dave said the green is on. And I said I'm colour blind, so there you go. Um, Matthew 7 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now, Jesus here is talking at the end of the Sermon of the Mount. Uh, he's been talking about false prophets. The context is the last days when, when Jesus will return. And he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? I love this. He doesn't mince his words. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, the people that Jesus is talking about are people who confuse the message of Christ, who somehow think that salvation or Christianity is to do with how we earn our favour with God that there might be perhaps a to-do list. Who likes to-do list? A tick box of things that make sure we do these things, make sure we don't do those things, make sure we behave a particular way, make sure we uphold a certain standard, make sure you change the things in your life, the habits that are getting in the way, and serve in a way that, um, you know, till you burn out or whatever. <laughs> and you might add, add some other ones. And these people are coming and saying, look at what we did, Lord. Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Didn't, didn't we serve you? Didn't we do all these things in your name? And um, I want to just, just do a little personal test here, see how I'm going. Do these things. Okay, yeah, I'll give myself a bit of a tick. Don't do those things. I'll come back to that one. Um, behave in a certain standard. Yeah, I'm kind of matured a bit. Maybe, maybe in my younger years I wouldn't have ticked that box. Um, uphold standard, maybe half a tick. Half a tick there. Change. Well, I've changed some things, but there's plenty more to change. Serve well. Yeah, look, I serve lots, yeah. Um, see, this, this is called religion. And the people who were coming to Jesus were stuck in the idea of religion. That what I do earns God's favour, that what I do for God uh, rewards me and gives me salvation. 
But Jesus doesn't actually condemn them for what they've been doing. He doesn't say, you know, wrong. His main concern is not what they did. His main concern, he he told them plainly, I never knew you. See, Jesus desires to know us. He desires to be in relationship with us. He desires for us to be in relationship with him. And now I know I'm not the best artist and it looks a bit corny, but there we go. That's relationship. Jesus here is explaining that we cannot earn our way to God. It is only by trusting in him and entering into a relationship with him that we find our salvation. See, sometimes our identity and our worth can be wrapped up in these things. We might think what people think of us. Well, I better better do these things. But the crazy thing, the upside-down reality of faith, is that the more we get this right, the more naturally, or should I say supernaturally, these things actually start to begin to occur in our lives. The more we get to know God, know Christ, let the power of his spirit work within us, then by a miracle in our hearts, we are transformed and we are able to walk in his likeness. Um, so, but you might look at this passage and say, but Jesus says it looks like it's about doing, but only the one who does the will of my Father. So surely it is about doing what God wants us to do to get to heaven. So I want to take you to John six forty. This is my Father's will, says Jesus, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up on that last day. The Father's will, the Father's desire, is that everyone believe in the one in whom he has sent, Christ. That is the Father's will, that we all might know him, that we all might believe and enter into relationship with him. So I just want to concentrate on this concept of knowing him. Then I will tell them plainly, plainly, I never knew you. Now the word knew or to know is an interesting word from the Greek, ginosko. I listened to Google's little phrase, so I think I've pronounced it right, ginosko. So that is a personal knowledge or a personal experience of another person, an intimate closeness in relationship. In fact, it's also a, um, a euphemism for sexual intercourse in the Old Testament when it says that Adam knew Eve and conceived of a son. So you can see the, the intimacy of this word, ginosko. It's not just knowing, it's actually an intimacy of knowing, to become acquainted with. And so I want to just declare that there is a vast difference between knowing about Christ and knowing Christ. There is a vast difference between knowing about Christ, that is theory, and 
knowing Christ experience. And that's what Jesus is saying with the use of this word, this intimacy, this closeness of relationship. What I have been missing these past few months and and what dawned on me that day in the surf is that there needs to be an intimacy and an understanding and a knowing of Christ. When I was in primary school, I was a mad Manchester United fan. I spend my pocket money on soccer magazines and so that I could get the, the posters and stick them up on my wall. And there wasn't one bit of wall that was um, empty. It was just all Manchester United players. Now, I could tell you their names. I could tell you the positions they played. I could tell you um, what clubs they had come from previously. I could tell you how many goals they'd scored. But I couldn't tell you anything about their personal nature. I couldn't ginosco them. You see, Joe ginoscos more about me than you do. In fact, I'd probably say she knows more about me than I do. (laughs) Because there is a closeness and an intimacy of relationship. To put it another way, a um, theological college, and this is a true story, invited a professor to their annual conference. And as a guest lecturer, he spoke for two and a half hours, establishing proofs that the resurrection never took place. The professor quoted book after book that there was no historical resurrection and that the traditions of the church were groundless. He said it was all emotional mumbo-jumbo because it was based on a relationship with a risen Jesus who in fact never rose from the dead. After his talk, he asked if there was any questions. An elderly pastor stood up and he said, I have one question. And he reached into his lunch pack and grabbed an apple. I have heard. Now, I've never read those books that you've quoted. And I can't recite the scriptures in the original Greek. And I know nothing about ancient history. Um, I've never studied as intensively as you had. Excuse me. Um, And then he said, I only have one question, and that is this. The apple I just ate, was it bitter or was it sweet? The professor paused for a moment and answered in a scholarly fashion. I can't possibly answer that question for I haven't tasted your apple. The elderly pastor dropped his core in his bag and he said, neither have you tasted my Jesus. Because the scholar didn't have a gnosco understanding of Jesus. He had a theological, intellectual, theorised understanding of the scriptures. So it's all about our relationship with him. It's all about knowing him intimately. Someone who displayed this was the Apostle Paul. And he explained in the book of Philippians that if there is anyone to boast about this, it would be him. He says, if someone else thinks they have any reasons to put confidence in the flesh, in law, in works, 
I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless, tick. But how does Paul regard his state? But whatever gains for me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss for the surpassing worth of gnoscoing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Now this isn't someone who wasn't good at this and therefore we can say, yeah, because you're not good at it, you can think it's worthless. This is someone who excelled in it, and yet in excelling in it, he still considers it garbage compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. I want to know Christ. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. How well do you know Jesus? How is your intimate relationship with him going? How is it shaping your daily life. You see, historians might know about Jesus, atheists, philosophers, Muslims and other religions know about Jesus. Even demons know about Jesus. But it is the disciple who knows him personally. The risen, alive, living, present Jesus. So how are you going in your relationship with Jesus this morning? You may be someone here this morning who perhaps knows about Jesus, but you don't know him. Perhaps this morning might be an opportunity for you to actually step into that that realm and actually ask Jesus into your heart. Perhaps you might be this morning a bit like me and needing to go for a surf and to hear his voice again and come back to your first love. See, my desire is that I don't stay stagnant. My desire is that I grow. My desire is that I change to be more like him. My desire is that in the midst of struggles and busyness and kids and life and stresses, I might find the strength and the peace in my relationship with him That gets me through. I don't want to just stay the same. I want my relationship to grow and grow and grow. I'm going to hand over to Willie. Good morning again. pretty sermons where you have four main points and you illustrate them all beautifully but I don't have that luxury this morning because the information is to do with the course and there's a lot of information that I need to share in a very short period of time. So I have gleaned the most important things to try and convey to you this morning so if you bear with me. Alright, so spiritual growth is 
always about our relationship with God. If we are going to help, to deeply help people grow on the path to spiritual growth, we have to know where we came from, where we went from there, and where are we headed. It's so easy to get caught up in the particulars of helping someone restore his or her emotional or spiritual health, heal a hurting marriage, or make life work, and we lose sight of the bigger picture. We must not lose sight of what God is doing in the world. Let me just read a scripture to you. I don't have the luxury of these things that I don't even know how to use them, so I have to get my friendly book. Please excuse it. It's been my very dear friend since Bible college days, and I haven't got the heart to part with it, um, get a new one. So 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. In salvation... And in the growth process, God is reconciling things, bringing them back to the way that they should be. The question then becomes, what are we trying to reconcile? Firstly, and obviously, trying to get people into a relationship with God or getting them back into a relationship with God. Spiritual growth is not only about coming back into a relationship with God and each other and about pursuing a pure life, but it's also about coming back to life, the life that God created for people to live in the beginning. This, deep, this life of deep relationship, fulfilling work, celebration and so much more gives us the life that we desire and solves our problems. If we look at the beginning, creation, we see everything starts out with God as the source. God is not only creator, but he is recreator of life. In our relationship with God, he brings to life the dead situations in our life. Many Christian systems of growth have many principles about God, but little or no God. God is the source of life. He is the source of growth as well. When God created human beings, he put them into relationship, first with himself and then with each other. God made people for himself and for each other. Relationship as it was created to be was vulnerable and open without duplicity and brokenness. God, God's role was to be the source, the provider. Our role was to depend on that source. He provides we depend and trust. Independence is not an option for us. So the role that we must take in life is not only for dependency, but also against self-sufficiency. Our role is to recognise our limits and to transcend those limits by looking outside of ourselves for life. The same limit 
the same limitation applies to our relationship with each other. We are limited in our ability to provide what we need for ourselves without another person to relate to. We need other people. The results of trying to live apart from our needs of others is always disastrous. We must depend on the outside for life. Adam and Eve decided that God's designs was not for them and that they would do things in their own way. And in trying to become like God, they became less of themselves. And this is why we need spiritual growth. We have become less of what we were created to be. They became independent from the source and they lost their relationship with God and with each other. We stopped seeing ourselves as created beings and acted as if we could live apart from our creator. We desired to control things we could not control, including each other, and we lost control of ourselves. We tried to become the judge and ended up becoming judgmental instead. But God did not allow things to stay that way. God in Christ is reconciling all things. He is bringing it all back to the way that it was supposed to be. God paid the price to get it all back. As the Bible tells us, he laid all of this sin on Jesus. And this paved the way for God to have it all back and return everything to its rightful order. And this is what redemption does for each and every human being who applies it to his or her life. This application of redemption is the process of growth itself. It is the returning of everything to its rightful place. Cloud and Townsend, the authors of the book on which we're basing this course, believe that this is why, in their view, to solve life's problems and to grow spiritually are one and the same thing. What does the return to the rightful place look like? And what does the path of how people grow look like? I'd be here for another two weeks if I explained that to you all today, but this is the basis of our course. Now, true growth begins with realising that we are poor in spirit and from this humble position we can reach out to God and receive all he has for us. When we realise God is the source, we realise we are impoverished. And this puts us into a position to receive from him. Redemption helps us to get to the end of our attempt to help ourselves. Instead, we turn to God for strength, truth, healing, care, correction and a whole lot of other things. Now here's the thing. None of these are available to those who are still trying to provide for themselves. Can I say that again? The thing is, none of these are available to those who are still trying to provide them for themselves. We need to get back into relationship with God and with each other. As Jesus said, all of the commandments can be summed up in the two greatest commandments of loving God and loving each other. Everything in life, everything in life depends on these relationships. Here's a question. How does the fall of mankind cause our problems? And how does the redemptive process God set up cause us to grow and resolve 
life's issues. And that's what we will be trying to find out in the next 38 weeks, 19-week course. This is the stuff of the 19 weeks. And in this book on which we're basing the course, How People Grow... Cloud and Townsend address how each doctrine and truth of God's word applies to personal growth. Topics such as the role of truth and grace, poverty of spirit, suffering and grief, obedience and repentance, to name just a few. I'll just give you an idea of one chapter. I really love this chapter. It's called The God of Grace. It's, it's a one-week study. And it says that people must discover that God is for them and not against them. And you think that we all know that truth. But it's amazing how many times that is the basis of a lot of people's problems. They don't believe that God is for them. And so at the end of every week, there are questions to to think about and to talk about with each other. And in, in this particular chapter, it says, examine your view of God. Do you see him as for you or against you? In what might, ways might you see him as both? So there's so many interesting things and it's such a beautiful journey and such important things. And as I shared to you before, these things that... Um, that I had suffered as a child and and not realising how much they were holding me back. And that was independent before I even read this book. God was doing this in my life. And so when I read this book, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is such important stuff. We could all grow so much out of this if we really commit ourselves to this and um, commit to each other because it's not about ourselves. It's about being in a group together loving each other, caring about each other, listening to each other and being in relationship with God and each other so that we can grow. So we're hoping to start the um, course towards the end of February. So if you want to, if you'd like to join, perhaps if you write it on the care card, your name and your details and I can give you a call. That's probably the best way. We're thinking maybe Tuesday or Thursday night Um, an alternate week um, fortnights to when the home groups are on so it doesn't interfere with that. Um, It's just going to be a terrific course of growth and Carol prayed for me in the beginning uh, for this morning and she prayed something really important. Lord, let us not finish the year the way we started it. Let's let's grow. So anyway, um, the other thing I would just like to say... um, is that the whole idea of being in relationship is so important for spiritual growth because people don't grow in isolation. So you think, all right, I can do this on my own. I can read a bit more. I can do this. I can do that. But you actually grow because you are in relationship. And that reminds me of something that happens at the end of every service. When we pray for each other, we offer people to come down for prayer. Can I just say to you that that is a way that we can show you that we love you and it's part of being in relationship and it's part of caring. And often the Lord will give me a word of knowledge for someone and I just think, oh, it's so wasted. There's no one here this morning. And so can I encourage you, come out. We're just as nervous as you are. And we just want to love you and and care for you. That's awesome.
can I really commend uh, this course, course group, time together <laughs> uh, to you? Um, been uh, meeting with Willie, our care team, I've uh, been discussing this for quite some time about the need uh, for something like this, for people who are really struggling with stuff in their life, perhaps things that they're really, it's hard to let go of or you know, they can't do in, in isolation or on their own. They need to be in a group. They need to really deeply share. They really need to um, yeah, have that, that mentoring and that, that prayer and that, that time. I really commend this course to you. It's going to be an awesome time time to be in a group together and to share and to, and to start unpacking perhaps some of the hurdles or some of the, the things that are getting in the way to actually being all that God wants you to be, being all that he's planned for your life. And uh, so, yeah, it's just going to be awesome. And, and Willie is just the most wonderful woman. She has a heart of gold. Uh, every week I'm blown away by her heart to see lives changed, her desire for people to be blessed. And that's just going to come through in this course. Um, I'm going to invite the uh, band up now. I'm just going to finish our time this morning. I'm just going to play the end of a song to you. Many of you might know that I used to be in a a Christian punk band. And um, God actually used that in a mighty way to begin to shake me and, and call me. And um, there, there's a band that uh, we used to play with and, and enjoy called Reliant K. They're from America, similar sort of band to us, um, punk band. And they, they wrote this album um, many years ago after we finished and I only started listening to it again uh, a couple of months ago. And, and there's a song at the very end um, that the, the writer writes about his grandfather and it's about, it's kind of a eulogy about how he lost his father in the war and he had an absent father sort of syndrome and he struggled with alcohol and, and started smoking a lot and the smoking caused cancer and his uh, relationships all split up and struggled with that. And it was this thing after thing after thing after thing about what's happened in this, his grandfather's life. And... Then at the very end of the song, it changes to be about the man, and it's actually about Jesus. And Jesus is actually the one singing. And I just want to, it's a very short section, I'm just going to play this section of the song to you. I want you to listen to it, uh, and then we're going to wrap up together. Thanks, Dave.
don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you came into this service with what was on your heart. I don't know the circumstances surrounding your life, your faith, your journey. Jesus says, I am the way. Follow me and take my hand. You might be someone this morning who's perhaps lost their way. Perhaps once you walked the path and you've diversed. Jesus is saying to you this morning, take my hand. I am the way. Jesus says, I'm the truth. Embrace me and you'll understand. Perhaps there's some questions or some doubts. Perhaps there's some things going on in your mind that are hard to overcome. Jesus says, I'm the truth. Embrace me and you'll understand these things. I'm the life. Through me you'll live again. You might be living, but you might not be feeling like you're alive. You might not be feeling like you're living the life that is full of joy and peace and hope and love, the fruits of the Spirit in your heart. Jesus says, I'm the life. Because He is love. Because He is love. He is love. I just want us to do something a little different this morning. I'm just going to get the band to play. And so often we quickly move to singing or doing something else. I just want us to just spend a moment focusing on and dwelling on our relationship with God. He is here. He is alive. And His desire is to speak to you, to encourage you, to talk about those those things in your life. So we're just going to spend some time, just close your eyes as the musicians play and sing. I just really encourage you, open up. Lord, speak to me. Use this time. What do you want to say? What do I need to hear from you again? Do I need to hear that you are love? Do I need to hear your purposes for my life? Do I need to hear your sweet voice? telling me that I am yours and that my worth is in you it's not in what I do it's in my relationship with you so let's just spend some time just in silence just listening to the Lord
I don't think that any human being could ever come up with a concept of the way that Jesus was going to forgive us of our sins. No human being could ever come up with the idea of it being about a person dying on a cross. And yet that was his plan. And that was his purpose. That was the will of the Father. And he's given us an opportunity to be invited into that. You see, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was having a meal with his disciples. And he took bread and he broke it. And in a symbolic way, he was saying, this is my body and it's broken for you. Not only was he speaking to his disciples, but he was speaking to you this morning. Jesus' body was broken for you. And in the same way, after supper, he took a cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many course we are the many again the blood that was shed was poured out for all mankind for you for me for the generations gone for the generations to come and we take the bread and we take the cup as a reminder that Jesus has made a way that Jesus is the life, that there is no other way that we can find life, find truth, find the way. And just like we have meals where we invite people to come into our home and to share with one another, Jesus, through his death and resurrection, invites us to his house, invites us into his Father's house where there are many rooms where we are invited to share as we are his family. And so we're grateful and we're thankful that we can come and we can remember his great, one, perfect, all-sufficient sacrifice on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, that we might be called children of God and enter into relationship with him. So we can take the bread and in your own time just picture Jesus there on the cross and as Willie said he did this because he is for us he is for you he's not against you his body was broken for you for you for you to take any Christ body. In the same way we remember the blood poured out on his body, beaten, mocked, scorned for you. But we know that that wasn't the final thing. 
the final things that Jesus defeated death and that he rose again and that's why we're here that's why he's established his church so let's take and eat drink the cup our time is almost at an end but it's going to have an opportunity now to respond As I said, I needed to be reminded of my relationship with him, that that be the centre of all that I do. Perhaps, like I said, you might be here this morning and you don't know what that relationship looks like, but there's a hunger for it. Perhaps you might be someone who used to know what it felt like and it's been a long time since you've sensed that presence and you know that he's calling you back again. We're going to stand and sing together. And I encourage you to respond in whatever way you want to. Perhaps it's in your seat. Perhaps it's just opening up your heart to him again this morning. Perhaps, as Willie shared, you can come out the front and there'll be people ready to pray for you, give you a word, encourage you. Maybe this morning might be that opportunity to actually ask Jesus into your heart and that you'll be remembered this day forevermore. Let's stand together and sing. And the prayer team will be out the front here. Or if there's any prayer, perhaps it's nothing to do with this morning, but there is stuff that you're going through and you just, just want to share it with someone, just come down the front. There'll be someone here to...